Welcome back to another episode of Sports with a Z and a T. We are slowly inching in on the Godzilla Media Fantasy Football Draft. We will touch on Oof. that in this episode. I'm ready. College football is around. Obviously, the NFL preseason is well underway. We'll get to that. The MLB playoff chase is heating up. But first and foremost, I am Bryce Linsky alongside Taylor Lattimore. We are yep. presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Saving Face Barbershop, Johnstone Supply in Troy, Mohawk Honda, and Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal. And I do want to Give a shout out to Johnstone Supply as they are still our newest uh, sponsor out there. And we do appreciate you listening, watching, and supporting us here on Sports with the Z and a T. And we want to give that shout out to Johnstone Supply in Troy because if you are looking to upgrade your heating, ventilation, air conditioning, good time to do that this week. It's probably the hottest week of the year up here in upstate New York. Oof. There's more in your home to add to, and that is Johnstone Supply in Troy should be your first place to go. This month, they are offering up their Fujitsu ductless splits, and we are talking about an energy-saving ultra-temp model for your home. Also, this summer, they are carrying the new J-Series VRF systems, and these systems will be more efficient and flexible for any setup you have in your home right now. Plus, in stock, they have for you the Westinghouse made by Fujitsu for the more basic, cost-efficient option. And you might want to write this number down for more information. You can call them today at 518-272-5922, or go ahead and even visit them down in Troy on 6th Ave. That's not too far away from a very, very good and popular barbecue restaurant. So if you enjoy the podcast, and I know you do because you're listening, and Godzilla Media Podcast as well, make sure to find out about our partners in Johnstone Supply down in Troy. One more time with that number to connect with them. That is 518-272-5922, Johnstone Supply in Troy. Call today or stop in and even say hello to our guys Tom, James, Kevin, or Rob, and tell them you heard about Johnstone from us here on Sports with a Z and a T from Godzilla Media. It is hot this week, Taylor. My goodness. I, I, I'm sweating right now. And uh, the NFL preseason week two, NFL preseason is heating up. We know that for a fact. And keep in mind that a lot of people's dress rehearsals were this past week. And that's why we're going to talk about it. Our biggest takeaways, our biggest observations from the second week of preseason, as there's only three weeks of games left a lot a lot of joint practices going on a bunch again this week i know i know just off the top of my head the eagles are uh joint practicing with the jets so we have Mm. that i'm not sure if the colts are doing anything but i know taylor and i know we're gonna talk about it at some point so i'm just we'll lead off with it because i know it's it's on your mind it's Um, always on on my mind it's on my mind as well because it's good news for the Eagles too. Uh, Carson Wentz is expected to play week one for the Colts. He's back on the practice field. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to mild because uh, our, our predictions and, and preview of the NFL season will be next week's show. So I'm going to keep a lot of my opinions to myself. However, this is good news for the Colts. It brings them back into the playoff picture for sure. But uh, I'm not going to be as high on the Colts uh, for the remainder of the year simply because I don't know what I'm going to get out of this Colts team. And you saw you've been seeing it out of preseason. But again, the most important thing with the Colts aren't the players that were on the field. It's who they're getting back. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And the thing I'm getting excited because everything looks like it's trending in the right direction, in the direction of everyone being available, or at least the most important pieces like our center, Ryan Kelly, or, you know, Quentin Nelson on the guard side or Carson Wentz. It seems to be they're all trending towards a high likelihood they might all be able to play in week one. And that is. Uh, super exciting for both of us. I I know, I know that you are uh, looking at Carson Wentz at least and getting excited on that. And I think when it comes to you and me, we're kind of that meme where it's like you know the two guys like yeah, hold, uh, yeah, like and in the middle it's just like it. yeah it's just like Carson Wentz like playing the full season like you and me like or yeah. at least seventy five for you. I um, need seventy five percent. He doesn't need to play the whole season, but you do need seventy five percent to get your first round pick. Thank yeah, well, you. I want him to play a hundred percent just because that means he's healthy and hopefully doing well. But I'm optimistic about this team. I think they're gonna be um, better than people think they are. Um, I've seen a lot of talk about you know possible Super Bowl contenders, and no one ever mentions the Colts. And yeah, I don't think that we're yeah, like I'm not the there anymore. Pick. I'm not yeah, there anymore. I don't. I don't blame you. And but me as a fan, I'm. I'm going to say that I think we're there. If if Carson comes back and he plays well, I think he'll play well. I don't, I'm not worried about that. I'm only worried about his health. I trust in Frank Reich and the offense that we put together. We're going to rely heavily on the run game. It's going to be a ground and pound type team. And then if Carson can work a little magic in between those runs, then I think we can do wonders if he's healthy. And if the line is healthy, I think that uh, we will, well, we, on the left side of the line, we really have to worry about Eric Fisher and when he's going to be coming back because we're definitely going to need him because otherwise the that left tackle spot is iffy at best. Um, but if all goes well with the line, the, at least the rest of the line, I think that the Colts are going to be fine and they're going to be competitive, if not c- contending, at least for a playoff spot. We'll put it that way. Yeah, it's definitely a topic that we're we're going to keep an eye on, especially with both of us having to, you know, having a dog in that fight, per se. You know, obviously uh-huh. the Eagles outlook depends on the health of Carson Wentz. And I, I mean, I'm a Carson Wentz truther. I always will be out. I, I know that I may have shifted course a little bit, but it is ironic <laughs> that he already got hurt. Um, we'll monitor it. But that's something I did want to tackle, which is the Colts getting a very big piece back with with a team that should be pretty relevant heading into the season and hopefully look into the playoffs. I think at least they're in good contention for the AFC South. I mean, the only competition I see is going to be Tennessee, and that will be a slugfest. Um, But I think at least... They are they're looking good for that as long as as long as those pieces stay healthy and it's the offensive line too it's not just Carson because even if Carson was still hurt but the offensive line came back fully healthy you can rely on that run game to do a lot of the work in games hopefully that's the that's the whole well, you're bank you're banking on the health of that offensive line and you're banking on the health of those running backs which has been a question mark as well I mean all three of those running backs have been banged up in the past already. I mean, Taylor was not healthy all season last year, and obviously we all know how Hines and Mack have been. So, I mean, look, you can nitpick all you want on any team, really, but there are a lot of significant question marks with not enough answers for me to take this Colts team further than a team like the Titans, who all of a sudden I think 
look to be the better team in that division. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to get too far into it. I want to tackle. I mean, obviously we talked about, um, Justin Fields last or last week mm-hmm. on last week's show got lit up like a Christmas tree against Buffalo. My goodness, did you see yeah. if you saw that hit? Oh my! And that yeah. is why, and that is why <laughs> it might not be the best idea to start Justin Fields until your offensive line is healthy, because he got walloped. Um, Trevor Lawrence has looked horrible, um, honestly. But I want to talk Zach Wilson because we do have a lot of New York fans on this show. So I, let, let's talk Zach Wilson, who made a significant mark on the stat sheet in his second preseason outing with the Jets, completed nine of his 11 attempts for 128 yards and two touchdowns against the Packers. That went to Tyler Croft and Chris Herndon, if fantasy for fantasy relevant uh, players. And I believe I just lost Taylor. So in back-to-back weeks, we've lost me and we've lost Taylor. So I'm going to go continue and hopefully Taylor can get back into this. I'll, I'll try to add him as quickly as possible. Um, but let's talk about Zach Wilson. He looked good. And if you're a Jets fan, you just want stability and promise out of a young quarterback. You're not looking to go to the playoffs this year. You're not looking to make a big splash but you want to make sure that you have that franchise guy. Wilson is getting a trial by fire to start his career. Let's be real. And the early returns seem positive if you're a Jets fans. Despite missing a couple of practices at the beginning of camp because of the contract, he's responded well to everything the coaching staff has really put on his plate, and that's encouraging. It's important to remember that Gangreen has an entirely new group on the sideline with the investments the Jets made in the offseason, especially on the offense. So there's plenty of reason for hope all around, and I think that's that's going to be something that's refreshing for Jets fans. Now, if you, if, if you had a guy, you, you know that that's been in the league a while, head coaching wise, and um, it, it's not that promising, you might feel a little different. But there's still a long way to go before you could feel confident in Wilson. But this is a solid start for you know only a 22 year old. Uh, many pegged as the bust of this year's crop, which I don't think is fair to him. I, I, I pegged Wilson as my favorite quarterback. And do I think he's going to be the best quarterback out of this rookie class? No, um, I don't. I don't think Zach Wilson right. is going to be the best out of this rookie class as we got Taylor back again. As I was explaining to our <laughs> listeners, Taylor, as you got disconnected, I got disconnected last week. So it's only fair that you got disconnected this week. I was just That's, explaining yeah, that Jets really. fans should be encouraged about, about Zach Wilson uh, so far, even though he 22 years old, you're not looking to make a big splash this year, but this really it, um, should be encouraging for Jets fans to see what Zach Wilson has done so far. Yeah, he looks really good. He's making the throws. He's making the reads. Um, you can definitely see when he's in the pocket, he's going through his uh, his progressions. And, I mean, it, it's preseason, so it's early. Obviously, we're not making a mountain out of a molehill. We're not saying that he's going to be, you know, rookie of the year or anything. He could be. But, um, yeah, no, he looks good. And for a team that's been starved of good quarterback play for – I mean, like yeah, you my whole you life. You 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 weren't you you weren't here obviously because you got disconnected. But but I was uh-huh. saying, I mean, this is something that can be encouraging for Jets fans. You've been looking for stability for so long, um, and he really is getting that trial by fire. 
uh, w- with the Jets because I mean it's a brand new coaching staff that I pointed out. He he's responded well though um, to a lot of adversity early on. If you remember, he missed those couple of practices in the beginning of camp. Um, mm-hmm. You don't really have any surefire weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You have some nice pieces. I, I think a lot of people like Corey Davis. Um, uh, yeah. Who's becoming the clear favorite. He caught six catches for 88 yards uh, through the first two games while being targeted 10 times, which is something, especially if you're you know, a fantasy player yep. that you, you want to keep an eye on, especially to see who, because if you're a young quarterback and I remember going through this and, and I'll talk about Carson Wentz again, because I mean, both of us can relate uh, when Carson was a rookie, you, you always wondered who was his safety blanket and it became quickly Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm looking at Corey Davis as one of those guys that Zach Wilson's going to rely on um, throughout, throughout early on in the season. Cause clearly he's relying on him early in the preseason, but you need that guy to fall on. And that might be Corey <laughs> Davis. A lot of people like Elijah Moore. A lot of people are wondering if Chris Herndon is going to become relevant again in this offense, but the newly acquired Corey Davis has been intriguing to say the least early on. Yeah. And especially, um, I know we're not a fantasy podcast, but I mean, it's so relevant to what we do and what we talk about, especially because I know that a lot of our listeners, if you're listening, if you're listening to our podcast because of football, you're more than likely playing fantasy as well. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, Corey Davis really excites you. The whole Jets offense, I think is being underrated in terms of fantasy, but also just in terms of, you know, the NFL, like if, if, if this not if this is not an aberration from uh, Wilson and there he's actually going to be playing this way like you know in the actual season um, I know it's preseason so you're gonna wonder if it gets a little quicker a little faster the defenses get a little more complicated he's gonna have some slightly more issues mm-hmm. I mean all of the the big throws that uh, he he made uh, against the Packers were kind of blown coverages. It wasn't like he was necessarily throwing guys open. He was just seeing guys that were open because of mistakes the defense was making. Um, but, you know, it's encouraging because, like you said, they just want stability. They just want a quarterback who can just, you know, not suck completely. <laughs> <laughs> like, not lose them games. If they can just get a quarterback who can just – not even like game manage or was, be a little bit better than that. That'd that be was perfect the other, for that. that was the other point while you were gone that I made. Like, look, this isn't a year where you're looking at a Jets team saying we should be in the playoffs. That's not what yeah. you're looking for. But you're looking to see, is Zach Wilson going to be our franchise quarterback? You want to see, look, if the Jets win four or five games this year, but you take away from this year, that Zach Wilson kid is going to be really good. That's a win. Because now you have that guy that you can build around, which is oh so important. The most important position in sports is going to be the quarterback position, no matter who you are. If you know you can build around a quarterback, you have that intrigue for free agents to come to your team and come to your city because they can play with a quarterback that excites them. That says that says it all right there. So. That if you're a Jets fan, that's what you're looking for to see that growth from Zach Wilson to make sure he is that franchise guy moving forward, not to compete yeah. this year, but to know that you have your guy for 10 to 15 years down the line. 
Exactly. And it's like free agency, yet you get people more intrigued to come play for a good free agent or a good quarterback if you're a free agent. But also you look at the next draft or the next couple drafts down the line, you don't have to be spending your first round picks on quarterbacks. And every the quarterback year. prospects next year aren't good. Not that you'd give up on Zach Wilson after one year, but at least no, no, going no. next year. Sam Howe is the top quarterback prospect. You also have Spencer Rattler. Neither of those guys really moves the needle for me. It's not going to be a good year for quarterback prospects. After last year is a littered first round of yeah. really intriguing quarterback prospects. Um, it's going to be a down year. So I, I, I Jets fans should be excited. I really like Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be really, really good. Jets fans, you got a good one. Yeah, I, I think he looks good, and I think for the Jets fans, you got to be happy with what you've seen so far. Excited to see where they can go, because you know, I'd I'd be okay with the Jets being a good team, because like you know, I have so many Jets uh, people I know who are Jets fans living oh in New York, God. and just like the pain, the the sheer pain that they feel. Um, so I, I I'd be okay with them being, you know, not absolute trash. <laughs> with, it's always with funny. I have, I have a, I have a good friend that's a Jets fan as well, mm-hmm. and he he's just been so miserable um, this entire time. As long as I've known him, he was actually <laughs> yep. excited when Ryan Fitzpatrick almost let them to the playoffs. That's how that's how bad it's been for Jets fans. But I want to talk. I want to switch course and talk about another intriguing quarterback. And we covered Trey Lance, um, his preseason debut in last week's uh, recap, and it was a performance that really featured. Uh, a couple awe-inspiring plays, but a handful of rookie mistakes as well. I think that's what you and I got away from it. Uh, the third overall pick hit an early speed bump this time out. He threw multiple incompletions and a really, really bad interception against the Chargers. But he rebounded, had a nice two-minute drill, capped by a touchdown, uh, led another scoring drive in the third quarter, played a lot in this game, by the way. Um, meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo... It's clear that they view him as a starter. Only had a short uh, night to start. Three of six, 15 yards, and an interception of his own. But what I took away from this was that Trey Lance is inevitable. And what I mean by that, it's still possible that Lance forces Kyle Shanahan to start him week one by showing out in practice and in San Francisco's final preseason game coming up. The most likely outcome remains a few early starts for Garoppolo before they realize Trey Lance is the way to go. Um, San Francisco's by is early this this year. It's week six, but Trey Lance is putting a lot into preseason. I, I've seen a lot of good. Uh, look, you're going to get young rookie mistakes out of a rookie quarterback. That's just kind of a duh statement to me. And, and to not expect it to happen is just not fair, really, to Trey Lance. It's going to happen. Um, but the Niners need to realize that they have a team that. <clears throat> they can compete. And I think Trey Lance brings a little bit more of a Swiss army knife and and a little more versatility to an offense that could be really, really good where Jimmy Garoppolo, I just, yes, they made a super bowl with him. Was it more because of that defense? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm just, when you, when you're looking at what Garoppolo is and what Trey Lance could provide to an offense, which to me is a spark, I just feel like it's inevitable that Trey Lance becomes the starter of this team, which again is kind of a dust statement. They didn't draft him third overall to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think it's coming sooner um, than some people may think. Well, I think it's going to be really dependent on 
um, kind of how the first couple games go. Ultimately, do I agree with you that Trey Lance is going to be a better player overall than Garoppolo? I think so. But we've seen in the past before that Garoppolo can and will lead a team. Well, you know, he, he will helm a team that can get to a Super Bowl. And this this 49ers team is good. They have a good rushing attack and they have a great defense. And that's kind of what they rely on for most of the, uh, the time. They are one of the most dynamic rushing teams uh, we have in the NFL. And so all Garoppolo needs to do is not mess up too bad, not be the reason they lose games. And if they go like, you know, five and one to start the season, I don't think that Trey Lance is going to maybe see the field. If, if they start that well, um, then I could definitely see them like just running with Garoppolo because Garoppolo is not going to be there for very long. I think he's only under contract for maybe one more year. So they're going to get rid of him anyway. They're not going to re-sign him, obviously. So I don't think it's crazy to think that they might sit him because we've seen it work out in the past. I know that it seems like inevitable that all the rookie quarterbacks that are drafted in the first round are usually going to start at some point during the season. And that's been mostly true. But we've also seen instances where, you know, the Patrick Mahomes type where he sits out a year and then he comes in the second year and he takes the league by storm. Um, yes, that was more of an Alex Smith old head type and Garoppolo is not quite an old head. I mean, he's been in the league for a couple of years, but he's not, he's not like a, a veteran veteran, but still he's a veteran who's been to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, he knows how to at least game manage fairly well, if not extend plays and really, um, you know, make a difference on the field. So I think, and the, the, I mean, their starting schedule, they play the, the Lions that could be an easy, easy win. They play the Eagles. We'll see. Maybe maybe an easy win. <laughs> and then the Packers and Seahawks and, 40, and Cardinals. So if they reach that, if they win like two, the first two games and then they start losing those next couple games. Did you just games, call the Eagles an easy win? <laughs> I thought you, I was going to get over that without you saying anything. No, you didn't say I, anything I, at I, first. I, I let but you it go. took you a couple seconds, and no, then you're I, like, I, I was, I was letting you go, and, and then I realized that you were going. You don't know down how Jalen Hurts is going to play. Look, he may have had a stomach infection on week two, which prevent. I was looking really looking forward to it, and we we talked about this on our Made for Philly podcast that we were really looking forward to seeing more reps from Jalen Hurts. But everything mm-hmm. that I've heard from Eagles camp and saw in limited action. Jalen looks to me better than I expected. Now, do I think Jalen hurts? I I mean, I've said on this podcast time and time again that I don't think Jalen hurts is the guy, but there are things from this Eagles team and don't look at the 35 to nothing uh, (laughs) final score from the Patriots game because the Patriots rolled out starters for an entire half and the Eagles started with backups and Joe Flacco. So okay, can mm-hmm. just, just, just get over that. It's preseason relax. <laughs> um, I, I have more expectations from the Eagles than what I anticipated having um, simply because of what I've seen from the offense early on from the players that matter. Um, I saw good things from Miles Sanders. I saw good things from Devontae Smith who rejoined the field. I, th- I think this offense is going to surprise some people, especially if that offensive line stays healthy. But we'll we'll talk about we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Eagles. Don't you worry. Um, I want to go to New Orleans though. Um, this quarterback controversy might be over, in my opinion, because yeah, Taysom Hill got the start over Jameis in the first preseason game, and they both struggle against the Ravens. Uh, Jaguars. I don't know if this is a shocker to anyone. 
didn't really put as much resistance up against New Orleans this past week, and the Saints signal callers took advantage, uh, especially Jameis, who completed all but one of his 10 passes, 9-10 for 123 yards and two scores, and both of them were beautiful downfield throws to Marquez Callaway. And, I mean, we have a draft together in a couple of days, so I'm not going <laughs> to express my – too much you excitement on that, but uh, I mean, I'm my, I think Marquez Callaway might be a wide receiver one in New Orleans, especially after the performance that he has had. Caught a 43-yard bomb on the opening drive while really being interfered with in the end zone and then came down with a 29-yarder as well. Looks really good and has that chemistry with Jameis, who I, I think um, at this point, is going to be the starter. Now, Taysom, to his credit, let a scoring drive of his own, but it's hard at this point not to be impressed by some of the throws Jameis made. And this is kind of the conversation that you and I had last week, that Jameis is still that former number one overall pick. And if there's someone that's going to fix him, it may as well be Sean Payton who fixed Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this is intriguing to me because this is a guy that clearly New Orleans hasn't given up on, made it a competition. Jameis is earning it, um, but one has to think the performance that Winston has given so far gives him the edge to be the week one starter and, and gives the Saints the best chance to win. We appreciate you listening to this Godzilla Media podcast, and we want to tell you about our sponsors, Techies Fire and Water Restoration, your best way back to normal this summer. Sponsor of all Godzilla Media podcast content. If you've got fire damage, mold damage, water damage in your home, the place to talk to is Tech East Fire and Water Restoration, located on Central Avenue. The boss, Mike Corda, helping the Albany Empire continue to reign supreme here is the best indoor football team in the country. Now he wants to help you get your home back to normal. Stop over to their Facebook page, TE Fire Water, where you can watch LeVac and Gaz, myself and my co-host Jeff LeVac, broadcasting live this Friday, August 27th from 5 to 7. For more information on Techies Fire and Water Restoration, watch the broadcast. We're going to be live at Hooters, helping you win your fantasy football draft, and it's all thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Follow them on social media. TE East 518 on Twitter and Tech East Fire Restoration on Instagram. Proud sponsors of Godzilla Media Podcast this summer. Also, we want to give love to our friends over Johnstone Supply in Troy. They're represented in this year's Godzilla Media Fantasy Football League. Our guy Tom is going to be the pride of Johnstone Supply. And if you're looking to change your ventilation, your heating, your air conditioning in your home, the place to do that is Johnstone Supply in Troy. When you stop in there, just tell them, hey, I heard about you guys on the podcast. I heard you guys partnered up with Godzilla Media. We love what you're doing. Sometimes it's just easy to find out about the place. Ask questions. My guys Tom and James and Kevin and Rob will help you. They can do the jobs answer for you. Maybe my guy George is in there. Exciting episode on the way next month to talk about George's great background in boxing and more. But we want to get you the Fujitsu ductless splits, energy saving, ultra low temperature models. And how about now they're carrying the J series VRF systems? Even more efficiency and flexibility for your home. The Westinghouse made by Fujitsu for a more basic, cost efficient option. Now, maybe you've got to learn about Fujitsu. Maybe you got to learn about exactly what Johnson Supply can do. Stop in today on 6th Avenue in Troy or give them a call if you have more questions. 518 to learn more about Johnstone Supply in Troy to make sure your home is the best it can be 
for the end of the summer, heading into the fall, and you're prepared for the winter. Now back to this Godzilla Media Podcast. Yeah, and I think we de- we definitely talked about this last week. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's I think that I don't know. Jameis could have quite the revival here in in New Orleans because I mean. If you look at Jameis, he's never been a bad thrower of the football. He's always been a guy who can stretch the field and get the ball downfield, throw for 5,000 yards. It's just been his decision-making that has suffered. And that that's that's what's that's the reason why he he got like he moved from Tampa Bay and they they moved on to to Tom Brady. I mean, obviously when Tom Brady's available, you go for it. But also because he's he threw 30 touch interceptions uh it it's it's not sustainable to to be that bad at throwing like right into the defense and so it's just a decision making problem and if you can go down with Sean Payton in New Orleans and fix that and be better at your reads maybe make the offense a little simpler for him or at least make it painfully obvious where he should be getting the ball to he can really shine. I mean, especially given the the weapons that apparently New Orleans has outside of Michael Thomas. Like, um, what wait, what, what was his name? The the that uh, I'm blanking. The wide receiver who caught the touchdowns. Not telling you. Yeah, because yeah, we yeah. have a draft. <laughs> Callaway was that his name? <laughs> yeah, Callaway. Yeah, Callaway, Callaway, Callaway. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna be looking at him. You can't get out of. We're gonna be sitting next to each other. I know. (laughs) Like I just, I know. But at least give me me this moment, okay? I'm trying to be clever. But yes, Callaway, Callaway. Um, yeah. So like having weapons like that, and obviously we all know that he has Kamara in his backfield, who can also catch passes like it's nobody's business. So Jameis, honestly, even in fantasy, like Jameis might be a guy to look at. I mean, that offense could be pretty explosive. Oh, stay away from him, all of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I know who I'm taking, or if I can get him, and it's not Jameis, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. I know who it is. It begins with uh, Carson and ends with Wentz. <laughs> no, there's no way in hell <laughs> I'm taking Carson Wentz. No, there's no way. Um but yeah, so yeah, I, I tell tell everybody, including the other twelve managers that are listening to our podcast, <laughs> so they know exactly what sports with a Z and a T is coming into with their nah, fantasy. No, 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 no. Well, if no. I mean, if someone takes him, then I'll I'll panic and probably pick someone crap. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Jameis is going to win if he hasn't already won this starting job, and I think it's his to lose. And I think you know. It's just being a, a a gadget guy. If you're if you're a Taysom Hill, and that that that's all I think he'll he'll ever be. At least on the Saints, if he moves on and someone else gives him a chance to be a starting quarterback, maybe. But with the Saints, I think it's Jameis's job to lose at this point. I tend to agree, and just you know, some more winners and losers in my opinion. Mac Jones did look good for the Patriots. I'm thinking Cam is not long for that job as well. We also talked a little bit about Fields getting lit up, but he did look pretty good as well uh, against the Bills. So keep an eye on that. And and I want to talk about some disappointment. I mean, Jamar Chase had three really bad drops on three targets against Washington. I'm not mm-hmm. over-exaggerating. Tr- Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receivers out of this draft class. He'll, he'll be fine. Uh, Penny Sewell, we, I think you and I talked about this a little bit. Detroit is going to ruin him, absolutely <laughs> ruin Penny Sewell because um, – 
flipping from left tackle to right tackle is a challenge. And like being right-handed and trying to write with your left hand is pretty much how I've been told it, it, it is um, by a guy that played the offensive line. It's not easy. And there's no way around that Penny Sewell looks absolutely uncomfortable. Granted, it's a terrible team, um, but he hasn't controlled blockers with power, which was his tape. Um, longer rushers have gotten to his frame, put him on roller skates. He just doesn't look like the guy that at one point was projected to be maybe even the number one overall pick in that draft. Some people liked him that much. He has not looked good at all. And that I think the lines are going to ruin him and Trevor Lawrence. Lions are going to lie. are going to lie. And the Jaguars are going to Jaguar. As you said last week, uh, Trevor Lawrence has, he's not been awful. Um, he's, pretty much in my losers category based on how he's played compared to the expectations, maybe unfair expectations that he's had. Um, Mm -hmm. Jaguars are just awful. And that's, (laughs) that's, that's clear. And the urban Meyer experiment I'm telling you is not going to work. However, um, his pocket presence has been, uh, more reminiscent of an overwhelmed rookie than those that we thought of with him having like the nice nuanced skills beyond his years that we saw in college, a guy that is ready to take a team to the playoffs immediately. The expectations are not real with Trevor Lawrence and he looks like a rookie. So that to me is why he's on my loser list because he hasn't been one of the three best quarterbacks in the rookie quarterback class so far this preseason. Yeah, I mean, all of this uh, preseason, you take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I really want to see him in in actual gameplay. But yeah, if you're going by the preseason, he doesn't look as good as, say, Justin Fields or Wilson or or Lance even. Um, But he's got a lot of room to grow. Um, But I also want to talk about, uh, speaking of the Jaguars, Travis. Yes. ETN. Yes. We yes. had some big news Breaking drop news today. today. Thankfully, right before our show, uh, yes, Travis Etienne has a list Frank injury. It's ba- it's basically a foot sprain, um, but he does need surgery and he is out for the mm-hmm. 2021 season. Huge blow for the Jaguars, especially considering what Urban Meyer had said about Etienne, how involved he would be in the offense. And obviously that familiarity with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You were talking earlier about uh, safety nets, and I predicted in our in our fantasy football draft, our, our fantasy football podcast, that uh, uh, he would be, I mean, I, it would make sense that Trevor Lawrence would use ETN as that kind of safety net, at least when he's on Absolutely. the field, because of the familiarity being on Clemson and um, everything else. So, yeah, I thought that he was going to be that guy where if he gets into trouble and ETN's on the field, he's going to look for ETN, and now he's not there. Uh, which sucks for the Jaguars, Jaguars fans, and anyone who drafted him in fantasy. Uh, However, but- um, I, and I was talking to one of my buddies about this earlier, and I, I have to say it because we have followers that aren't in our fantasy league, and, and I can't keep our content based on us having a fantasy draft with the other Godzilla Media members. They just can't listen to this episode until after our draft. Uh, James Robinson, to me, is now a top 10 back, and it's not close. I, I I mean, he is getting the, I mean, rookie quarterback 
um, that's going to have to rely on the run game. No really competition in that backfield because it was supposed to be ETN. James Robinson is coming off a tremendous fantasy season last year. Really, I thought it was unfair to him to draft ETN because I thought he did enough to prove that he can be a bell cow running back, uh, a three down back in this league. I absolutely love James Robinson now where I was shying away from him completely. Um, I'm all aboard the James Robinson train now. Well, yeah, they, I mean, the only other guy that could give him even a remote chance of a competition is like Hyde, but I don't no, trust no, Hyde. No, Carlos, Hyde has been in so many places at this point. I know, and he's a disappointment everywhere he goes, at least fantasy-wise. Um, but yeah, well, that's I, how it's Ohio State products, <clears throat> disappointments everywhere. <laughs> I mean, Zeke's pretty good, but... Uh, nope, disappointment. Uh, this is more one year. <laughs> one year. I'm drafting him at five if I get him. If he's there, I'll draft him at five. Well, you don't know if you're five yet. I know I'm not. A, I don't know what I'm five. The but... Hooters. The Hooters <laughs> girls determine that. Oh yeah. So hopefully I get a good pick. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't necessarily always want a top pick. I like I like drafting in the middle or back end sometimes too. So 14, 14 team, man, if you're in a top pick, you better hit on that first pick cuz you aren't picking that's, for a that's long, what I mean. Long time. It's like you got you got to wait forever for your second pick. So you better strike gold. If you're if your first guy like has a bad year, gets injured, ooh, that's rough. Um, but yeah, Robinson, I, I can definitely see it. I don't know if I'd say he's a top 10 back, but he, he's up there. Who, who, top 15. who are in better situations right now for a workload like Robinson is going to get? Can you even name 10 running backs over James Robinson? I mean, you can obviously. I mean, let's go through <laughs> uh, Well, what, CMC, obviously. McCaffrey. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Yep. Dalvin Cook. Uh, Henry. Camara, um, Zeke, uh, Zeke Saquon, yep. Saquon. Uh, I'd say Austin Eckler, but I mean, uh, Austin Eckler can kick rocks for me. Um, I like <laughs> Robinson more than Eckler, I think. Najee um, Harris, I like Harris more than Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Chubb splitting work. Like, look, I know Chubb's really good, I and I like, like Nick Chubb. Chubb. Aaron Jones, that's another one, yes. Yes. Um, so is that what eight nine? That's yeah, it's up there. I guess I guess he's close. He's ten, maybe top fifteen. Well, I, I feel, I feel top like we're fifteen's the safe. Top fifteen's the safest. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Clyde edwards alaire Yeah, yeah. I take Robinson. Jonathan, over I mean Allaire. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, well, we all know how we feel about Jonathan Taylor. I love the guy, but I also like Marlon Mack a lot. And if they're gonna, if they, if they sign Marlon Mack to not use him in the slightest, then I'm going to be like, well, then why did you waste the money on him? I assume they signed him so that he can, you know, actually play at least a couple, like he's going to poach from him. And, and I mean, the Colts front office has seemed uh, to know what they're doing. No, Ballard comes to the roster. Yeah, well, I said that about Howie Roseman a couple years ago after he won okay. the Super Bowl too. So. Well, I really, really, really trust Ballard, so I don't think he would sign him and not use him at all. So Fair. that that's just my my view on that, but yeah, Robinson, so, Robinson, yeah, you're probably right. He's he's pretty close to a top ten pick, I think, at this point. I I just worry about maybe game script hurting him a little bit, but that didn't hurt that's him true. last year. So uh, 
Keep an eye on it. Oh, Lawrence is going to find a way to be at least competitive on offense. Sure. Absolutely. I, I believe it. I, believe I mean, it. the Jaguars will be better. They're just still the Jaguars. So, um, oh, yeah, for sure. We know they Nothing have two wins. Well, we I know I, they have two I, wins I, under their belt. Houston, Houston they, play Houston, they play Houston <laughs> twice. So, yeah. <laughs> Those two teams, man. AFC Southwise. I wish like... I had two teams like you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, I mean, the Titans used to be that bad too. The Colts used to like own the AFC South, but yeah, not so much anymore. The Titans are really like Andrew Luck in his career, his short career, never lost to the Titans. Ever. Everybody wants to pick on the NFC East, but look at the AFC South. It's god awful. <laughs> it's horrendous. I mean, at least hey. at least the NFC East like is competitive and they beat up on each other. The AFC South just sucks. Just hey. sucks. Hey. You have Tennessee and a maybe Colts team and two of the three worst teams in football. True, true. Yeah. But when, I mean, when most of the time when there's like one team dominating, it's like, okay, well, you you see, well, like back in the days when Andrew Luck and then Peyton Manning before that, it's like, all right, the AFC South may be a joke, but the Colts are not. And then like, you know, and the AFC East is like, God, I need to or the I NFC East is like, you, you guys are all clowns. They're not all clowns. Like what two division? years ago, where they were all like terrible, and one of them got in with a losing record or almost a losing record. No, yeah, well, yeah, that was that was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it's okay. It happened. It was competitive, I guess. It was fun to watch, but it was like fun to watch like like garbage play against each other. Well, the NFC East has uh, has has three Super Bowls in the last ten years, so just remember that, Buck Bucko. All right. Yeah. Just remember. Just remember. How many that. of them were Eagles? One. You got one. Yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah, one. 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 My hand. My hand may hurt, but I can still do it. One. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, that's fine though. Colts only have one, two. But all right, let's talk about into two. Of, let's talk about one of your teams that may actually be relevant moving forward, and that would be your New York Yankees. Oh, um, the MLB playoff chase is heating up big time and there's nobody heating up more than this New York Yankees baseball team. My goodness. They are 10 and 0 in their last 10, uh, 17 of their last 20. They have reeled in Tampa. They're only four games out. They have passed Boston and left them in the dust two and a half up. And all of a sudden a team that we were wondering when is Aaron, not if when is Aaron Boone going to be fired? Um, because they seem to be even out of the wild card spot. All of a sudden, they're two and a half games up. They have the top wild card spot. They're only four games out behind Tampa. They just beat the Braves. Thank you, Yankees. Um, because the Phillies need to catch the Braves. They're they're in a dog fight with the Braves for the top of the NLEs. Um, but this Yankees team has gotten good pitching. They've gotten production out of the lineup. Um, not a coincidence that this has all been without Glaber Torres, in my opinion. Um, especially with the more fundamentally sound defensive baseball team in the infield. But you're getting that pitching. You're putting runs up on the board. This is a Yankees team that I think people expected all year, and it took the trade deadline to retool for them to do it. But they're hitting their stride at the right time. Am I at the point where I think they're better than the Rays? No. But this is a team that you'll absolutely see in the playoffs at this rate unless they they absolutely implode on themselves which is possible based on the way they've played this year but this is a yankees team taylor that the the course has completely changed for them where we were talking firing who's getting blasted to the moon to 
<laughs> they have home field advantage in a one game <clears throat> wildcard spot and they're hunting down the best team in the American League and that would be the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, well, as the illustrious John Sterling would say, you just can't predict baseball. And can't predict I, baseball, Susan. And, and I sound like an absolute, uh, if you go back and listen to our other podcast episodes, or especially our early ones, I sound like an idiot now because I, I was one of those guys who was fire Boone, fire everyone, like fire Cashman. There. I was right like, there with you, man. Yeah, but like... But as a Yankees fan, I, I think I didn't have faith, and especially in Cashman. I mean, I guess I think the 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 trade deadline moves really invigorated this team. Um, and then they lost three or four to Boston in uh, late July, and then they've been twenty one and five since. So, I mean, you just can't get much hotter than that. And yeah, now this team, <clears throat> if they play like this. If they're playing like this, I think they're they could be better than the Rays. I mean, overall, if I look at the whole season, maybe not. But like, if they're playing like this, I don't know who can beat them. They're they're on fire right now. July before the All Star break, they were below five hundred. Mm-hmm. Think about this: they became the first team in baseball history to be uh, under five hundred at the All Star break, to then be in the last week of August, be over twenty games over 500 they're 21 games over five foot that is an asinine um turnaround to me and they have a 91.4 percent chance of making the playoffs now yeah and now it's it's really exciting as a yankees fan to just go from where you thought that this was just going to be another mediocre season that didn't go anywhere to now they're at least in the wild card and it's still right on the heels uh, of getting into the playoffs, just winning the division. And that that's, mm-hmm. that's really exciting. And I'm, I'm happy to see where it goes. I don't know if they have enough to compete all the way to like a, a world series, but I think the Rays are just so fundamentally sound. I, I, they, they're just so good in so many places. Mm-hmm. I think the Rays right now are my pick, but they've definitely reeled it in where I didn't even expect the Yankees to even maybe make the playoffs. Yeah. They look better than Houston. Granted, Houston's been good all year and they've been consistent, but all of a sudden the Yankees have the same record as Houston, which is crazy to say Oakland Mm -hmm. is there. They've always been there. Um, Chicago looks really good as well. All of a sudden the American league is looking like a clear cut. You have Tampa on top of the AL East, Chicago on top of the central Houston on top of the West. You have the Yankees, Red Sox and A's duking it out for two wildcard spots. One of those teams is going to be out. It, my guess would be Boston at this point with the way they're playing. Um, they're just, their trajectory is awful. Mm-hmm. But um, this American League quickly got very competitive. Um, and the Yankees are a big reason why. Yeah. I, I didn't also expect in the reverse, I didn't expect the slide from Boston to be as dramatic as it has been, where they were, you know, leading uh, the AL East. And now they're, you know, fighting to stay in the wild card. Um, very surprising for them, and and for the Yankees to be only four games back when we were looking, you know, a couple months ago, a month ago even, and just I I thought that they were done, and I I said at the trade deadline, I literally said on this podcast, I was like, I don't know if they should be trading away. Uh, prospects at this point I think they should just hold on and retool for next year because mm-hmm. I didn't think that they could actually make this kind of push but I mean 21 and 5 that's it's impressive that's insane. 
it's it's impressive with in a 10 game winning streak as as of right now yeah they're red hot the temperatures are red hot it is summertime even though summertime is quickly coming to an end labor day weekend is just two weeks away but i'm not ready to pump the brakes on summer yet and neither should you it is summer which means it is trade in season a lot of you are looking to trade in your car right now, especially with the shortage of inventory in the market and the value being as good as it is. So you've traded in your vehicle. Now what? Uh, you, you go to one of these dealers and you get the money in your hands, but they don't have anything for you to buy. I have a solution for you. Go to Mohawk Honda because not only do they give you that top dollar that I was just talking about for your trade-in, they also have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. They have the largest inventory, in fact, of, e of <clears throat> excuse me, vehicles in the entire capital region. And that means you could choose the one that's right for you. Sure, some other dealers talk about their values, but they'd rather show you theirs. That's value in selection, but more importantly, value in how you're treated there at Mohawk Honda. Don't feel pressured into buying something from another dealer because that's the best they can do. Go to Mohawk Honda. Buy the vehicle you deserve. Their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles is guaranteed to fit your needs your lifestyle, and not the other dealer's values. This summer, and while it's quickly dwindling down, it is still here. Selection is king, and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. I see we have a visitor on screen. If you're if you're on YouTube, we have a visitor. Yeah, this is Buddy. It's the notice. It's Buddy. It's, it's his birthday buddy. today. Well, happy birthday. How old is Buddy today? Uh, he's 12. He's an old man. Old man, Otis is uh, not present. We will not be graced with an Otis uh, appearance today. He's at the vet. He actually uh, oh. turn, turns oh, out he needs uh, he needs surgery on his knee. He has a dislocated joint in his hind leg. So that's oh, just God. another. It's yeah, so, on the well, IR. You know, we're, we're going to put Otis just like his dad. He has a bad knee. So uh, <laughs> he just wanted to be like his dad. I'm proud of my boy. Um, but yeah, he, he's going to go on the IR. He is done for the 2021 season. You do not have to draft him in your fantasy football draft as well. Um, Breaking news. Don't draft Otis. Don't draft Otis. You heard it here first. Poor guy. It's the <laughs> advice. Not the advice you want, but the advice uh. you need here on Sports with a Z. <laughs> Entity. Um, we have a couple of minutes left, Taylor, and I want to talk about this because college football starts this weekend. Football is back. Here we college go. Football is here now. Not many big games. This is called week zero in the infamous college football fan world. Um, some smaller games like Hawaii plays, UCLA <clears throat> plays, but it's a lot of those smaller colleges that are that are going to be playing this week, but that also means we need to put in some predictions and some things to look out for this year. And now we don't have much time. We're not going to go conference by conference um, as much as I'd love to do that. We're just not <laughs> going to um, the college football playoff is still four teams. And, and a lot of people have the consensus of um, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, and either Oklahoma or Georgia, what one of those one of those random you know four teams that can get in? I mm -hmm. have a team, and, and I don't, I don't want to sound like a homer, but oh my god, 
Because you said, I have a team. And I was like, he's going to say Penn State. He's going to say Penn State. You're goddamn right. I'm going to say Penn State. You are absolutely right. I'm going to say Penn State. And this is why. This is why. Okay. That, first of all, they're bringing in the number one recruiting class next year for 2022. So people are buying into what James Franklin is is building this program. It's easy to overreact to last year's results if you look at them without consideration of the season being played during a pandemic. Um, Penn State lost Micah Parsons, who was their All-American linebacker last year. He was an opt-out and their best offensive or defensive player. Um, they also lost their best running back last year, which was Journey Brown. He was forced to retire before the season because of a heart issue. So that put them behind the eight ball. And then they started the season with a controversial loss to Indiana in the opener. That was followed by a respectable expected defeat to Ohio State that seemed to really gut them for the remainder of the year. And three more losses followed before the ship got righted. Um, but then if you watch this Penn State team closely, won its last four. Showed it still as a group with a lot of talent to be among the best in the Big Ten like they have been in the past couple of years, um, especially with Ohio State transitioning to a new quarterback. And we are going to get to that, I promise you, because I want to talk about him. Um, Sean Clifford becomes the key after having a really rough year. He's now a junior. His rebound in the second half helped lead that late season resurgence and a stable of running backs and wide receivers that all of a sudden is led by Noah Kane and Heisman dark horse Jahan Dotson. If you have not seen highlight film of Jahan Dotson, I strongly recommend you look him up because he is going to be a study. Reminds me a lot of a combination of Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin. And I use those two because those are two very good wide receivers in the NFL coming from Penn State. Defense took a step back, but the young players got experience, and that should pay a lot of dividends. This is a young, good team. They also added some good transfers. Elite pass rush, as always. This is a team that I think is going to surprise the people, a lot of people, and they have the resume to do it. They start the year at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. have a game against Ball State, and then their whiteout game in week three is home against Auburn. That mm-hmm. could be a big-time statement and a game that could catapult this Penn State team into finding themselves in the first college football playoff of their program's history. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Ohio State because I expect Ohio State to be there. I'm saying there's going to be two Big Ten teams this year because I'm not high on Oklahoma, even though a lot of people like Spencer Rattler. I don't like especially what's going on in the Big 12 right now. I'm not big on Oklahoma. I do think you'll see Alabama. I'm a little iffy on Clemson as well. I think you're going to see – some changes in the guard this year when it comes to representatives of the college football playoff. You could expect Alabama to be there, but you're going to see some young blood in there. Penn State might be the team to do it. I have a couple other teams, but I'll let you go first. I think Penn State is one of those teams that needs to be right at the top, and I'm sorry. I know that's a homer pick, but I'm I'm tired of people overlooking this team and thinking they're not even the second-best team in their own division because Michigan has been a disappointment year after year after year. Penn State has shown progress outside of a pandemic year. I like them too much to be ignored. <clears throat> All right. So had to throw uh, it out there and we're going to talk <laughs> about these other big programs in a second, but I wanted to start okay. off with maybe some of these other teams. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I could definitely see Penn state getting in. Um, it m- would probably have to be, you know, e- either they, <clears throat> they pull off beating Ohio state in the regular season, which they could or, 
which they could do. I mean, it's always possible. Or they're going to have to have just like, you know, that, like you said, that, that statement win against Auburn uh, to really solidify um, their resume, it, assuming that they have a one loss against Ohio State. And then you could get uh, two teams from the Big Ten in, in the college football playoff. It's happened before, so it, it could definitely happen, of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Penn State's up there. Uh, I'm, I look at, like, a, a Texas A&M or an Iowa State to try to get their first appearances. Um, still, in it, haven't, you, still haven't used the team. I love it because those are two really good teams, <laughs> but you haven't even tackled the team that I was going to talk about next. I love it. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so, but obviously I think Alabama most certainly is going to be there. I feel like they're there every single year, uh, barring catastrophe. Um, I do like Clemson to be in as well. Um, mm. but I could definitely see an Oklahoma falling out. I, I also believe in a Ohio state to make it as well. So I, I think there's really one slot in my eyes that can really be up for grabs, but, um, Georgia also, I mean, Georgia is a good team and they, yeah, easily... they always seem to fall short for me though. I don't know. Yeah. They always seem to have that one bad loss that puts them back and not – they're going to be like six. They're going to be like six or seven overall, and the college football playoff is going to point at that bad loss and say, nope, no thank you, because they, they're they in the same division as Alabama. So if they can't get past Alabama, they're not going to get in. It's, it's a tough draw, and that's why I'm excited that the college football playoff is going to expand because that will eliminate – these kind of conversations where you are going to have good teams that simply because of where they are, whether it be the same division as somebody that beat them. And that's their only loss. I think I threw out this comparison on our show um, when it got expanded between Penn state and Ohio state, they're in the Mm -hmm. same division. If Penn state beats Auburn, but loses to Ohio state, Ohio state goes to the big 10 championship because Penn state only loss is to Ohio state. So yeah. they lose the tiebreaker. Penn State doesn't go to the Big Ten. Ohio State has that opportunity to win a conference championship. Penn State doesn't. However, Penn State may still have a better resume. It's yeah. just one of those things. It's it's a lot of nuance to it, and and that's also why I love having these discussions. Is just because it's so it's so complicated with how they interplay with each other. And and yeah, Georgia is a team that's always kind of like on that cusp. Um, sometimes they I, they've been in I think once so far. Yes, I believe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so Georgia is just kind of on the cusp there, but I mean, if things fall their way, they could easily be in there too. You talked about you talked about Clemson. I said there could be a lot of changing of the guard this year. Keep an eye on the ACC, and not enough people are talking about this. No, guys, I'm not talking about your Syracuse Orange. I think I know uh, who you're talking about North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not enough people are talking about what Mac Brown has done with this program. Um, they nearly beat Clemson in his first year. They reached the Orange Bowl in his second year with North Carolina. And now they come in with the possibility, in my opinion, of challenging Clemson, who now who knows if, you know, with losing Trevor Lawrence, they're still good. It's still Clemson. They might not miss a beat. However, if there's a year for Clemson to be had, it's this year, which is a quote transition year mm-hmm. um, on, on offense. Sam Howe. And whether I like him or not as an NFL prospect is one thing, but he can ball in college. He enters his third year already throwing over 7,000 yards and 68 touchdowns. They have a couple transfers that are going to be um, serviceable for them. And no matter how good the offense is, the defense needs major improvement 
if they're going to knock off Clemson. I think they can do it, but they allowed 147 combined points in their four losses last year, but they filled the roster through recruiting, through some transfers, and I think this is a team. The ACC is not very good, so if they beat each other up enough, you might have an ACC representative not even make the college football playoff, but keep an eye on North Carolina. They could surprise a lot of people this year, and, and I think it's an intriguing program to watch moving forward, especially with Mac Brown at the helm. Yeah, and they have <clears throat> certain teams that they're playing like Virginia, Miami, and Florida State, which could be good wins for them along the way. And they visit Notre Dame um, on October thirtieth. That's a that's a road game. If you pull, if you uh-huh. can grab that win, that is a huge win for the college. That's your signature committee. win, quote unquote. Yes, yes it and, is. And they also don't play uh, Clemson in the regular season. So if they get to the point where they're they're playing in the ACC championship game. And then they have, I mean, even a respectable loss against Clemson, if if they're positioned uh, in a, uh, like if they're positioned at the top and they're in the college football playoff and they play them at least if they beat them, which would be obviously that would guarantee them a, a, a birth in there. But even if they have a respectable loss, they could still make an argument just like Penn state. If they, their only loss is a respectable loss to Ohio state, they could easily make um, the case t- that they deserve to be in the, the college bowl playoff, but it would be yeah. a lot easier once it expands. <laughs> Do you have mean? a, yeah, yeah, it, it will. Do you have a Heisman? I, I know I kind of threw this on you last minute, but do you have a Heisman pick that you're, that you're eyeing up? Um, I don't off the top of my head. I'm assuming you do though. I do. And it, it kind of hurts me because I, I just don't like ohio state one (laughs) bit but their quarterback cj stroud and if you haven't looked into him he is i mean this this guy is going to be um really really good and and a perfect fill-in for justin fields um he has out of the most finalists i think the best team around him he will throw to the best wide receivers i think in college football um shares the name first of all with england's greatest philosopher so that that's a win in my book as well <laughs> um he goes by cj even though his initials are cb which gives him incredible swag um <laughs> but but no this is this is a kid that uh, go watch his film ohio state's going to be a very good program this year and a lot of it is because of cj stroud i could have gone DJ Ugalele, who is the new quarterback for Clemson, mm-hmm. if you expect Clemson. I didn't like what I saw from him last year, so I'm going to hold off on him. The other popular pick is Spencer Rattler. I kind of yeah. went off I kind of went off um off script here with CJ Stroud because that's usually how it goes. Not many years is the preseason favorite, the guy that actually wins it. Um I I I think CJ Stroud is in the best situation to succeed so i'm gonna throw him out there as my husband pick i mean also you, uh, we're going back to north carolina sam howell their quarterback he, he could easily um put up the numbers and if he leads them you know to a college football playoff berth that's all the more reason for him to be in that heisman discussion all right college couple couple last thoughts college football playoff prediction i think you have an idea of where i'm going but i'll let you go first <laughs> all right so are we just doing top four? I would say top four, just just top four. Who's gonna go? And then give me your national championship, just for the sake uh, of it. All right. So I think number one is going to be Alabama. I 
it's chalk, but they're they are the definition of chalk. They they're almost always in the college football playoff. They are the one of the best programs, if not the best program in all of college football. So I'm gonna go Alabama. Um, I'm gonna have Ohio State at two. Mm. Um, I'm gonna put. Mm, I think. You know what? Let's be fun. I'll put it on record. Let's put Carolina, North Carolina at three. I convinced you. I love it. Yeah. And and it. I'm going to go with uh, this last one. Um, I think I'm going to go Georgia. I think I'm going to go Georgia at four. Okay. I believe. I believe. So, so who's your national championship? Uh, Well, Alabama. Yeah, they- <laughs> yeah. So – Obviously, I'm putting Alabama in at one. Ohio State, I'm putting in at two because I think that they are the best team in the Big Ten. I hate to say it, but I do. I agree. At three, I'm going with Oklahoma. I do, even though I am am worried about the Big 12 and the state of that conference. I think what Spencer Radler has proven to do, especially with him being – the Heisman favorite this year and, and Oklahoma looking much better, especially the second half of last year, Oklahoma always seems to be there and the committee will put in the winner of the big 12. If they have one or less losses, which I expect to be the case. So I'm going to put Oklahoma there. Now I'm not including an ACC team. That's not a knock on UNC. It's a <laughs> knock on Clemson. UNC is going to spoil the party. However, the ACC is simply not a strong enough conference to support if there is a two loss team um, Mm -hmm. eligible when there is going to be a one loss big 10 team by the Penn state Nittany Lions. No, they will not have the big 10 championship because Ohio state will have the tiebreaker, but Penn state's only loss will be to Ohio state. They will be Auburn. They will have that impressive resume. They won't make the big 10 championship. However, they will finally honor because of a weak ACC and not a, strong independent team. I don't think Notre Dame's going to be good enough to press relevancy this year. I'm going with Penn State, Alabama, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Penn State. Alabama will beat (laughs) Ohio State in the national championship just like last year Um, until until this college football playoff expanded and there's more opportunity for upsets to be had. It's just it is what it is. But my Penn State Nittany Lions will be in the college football playoff this year. Mark my words. All right. And I had Alabama, Ohio State, uh, North Carolina and Georgia. Yes. So, so some variety and, uh, there. We both it's have Alabama chalk. winning. <laughs> chalk is boring yeah. unless we have to pick a national champion, and that's kind yeah, of a, it has to be. Uh, I mean, it's hard to bet no. against Alabama. I mean, yeah, it is. even when it, it does expand, it I think we talked about it when we first talked about the news that they were uh, thinking of expanding or whatever. Uh, I said that I don't know if expansion will really matter in the end because I don't see how even like. It, it, Bama it's a will have its thing. down years. Bama will have its down years. Uh, uh, it yeah, always yeah. happens in the cycle. It, you see it in college football. <laughs> it just smacked his mic out. Just smacked <laughs> my mic. You see it in college football over over the years. There's always a cycle, and everything good comes to an end at some point. Not saying that Alabama is going to have more than one down year, but it happens. Sometimes prospects don't pan out the way you expect. That's it happens. So eventually it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to be anytime soon, but it, it will. Um, but hopefully 2021 will be a crazy year. I think you're starting to see Taylor that change. Like I mentioned earlier, like 
Clemson doesn't have as strong of a grip on the ACC anymore. A lot of that has to do with Trevor Lawrence leaving and and the question mark of of what they're going to be this year, but they're still going to be very good. Um, mm-hmm. But you're starting to see some some leeway in other conferences, and hopefully, hopefully, we can see some fresh blood. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for, and that's why I'm, I went with Penn State. I'm also down for that. I mean, me too. That's why I went with North Carolina because I would I would love to see uh, some fresh blood up in here. And sorry, for those guys, you, we didn't put Syracuse. <laughs> for those of you who uh, who listen only and don't watch the YouTube, Bryce talks with his hands a lot. Yes, and so I sometimes do. he just smacks the mic right out. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. Speaking, <laughs> maybe that's why my hands. Yeah, maybe like my, my right hand is about damn near broken i can't grip even a pen right now there's about i sent taylor a picture of it today because i almost missed a show because i i have to go to the uh urgent care at some point there's a big goose egg on the side of my hand and it it hurts like hell i mean i can grip but i can't grip hard so like i can hold a pen but i can't put pressure on it so it's been interesting. My my handwriting looks abysmal right now. Um, also, like, when and I'm supposed record, to golf. Uh... I'm supposed to golf this weekend. So that like, when when did you record Made for Philly last? Because the, the some something no, Philly made for fired Philly, up and you just Philly, smacked no. the mic. <laughs> made for Philly was Wednesday. Everything was good for a long while afterwards. I, I I noticed this Monday night and it got worse on Tuesday and here we are. Um, it feels a little better now. That might be the ibuprofen kicking in, but um, probably uh, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks because I really want to golf this weekend, but uh, mm. maybe Friday I will not feel it at all because we will have the Godzilla Media Fantasy Football oh, yeah. Draft live Let's at go. Hooters. I know Gaz has been putting all the deets out there all week. Um, Keep it locked into obviously him sending out the message. I think there's going to be a live stream of it, which is probably sick. I'm not going to lie. Um, Taylor and I will be there as well. Um, Yeah, come hang out. We're going to have, I'm going to be there early. I think I'm getting there around 4 35 o'clock just to hang out. Um, I can get there whenever. Uh, Hang well, out. Levesque, Levesque and Goss are doing a show starting at five. So yeah. that's kind of where my logic was. I'm going to hang around, maybe, maybe mess with them a little bit, get in their heads before the draft. <laughs> um, tell yeah. them to draft Travis Etienne. Um, <laughs> uh, draft no. Tebow. Dra- ed- ed- draft Tim Tebow. Draft. I'm really high on two Jaguars guys, Travis Etienne and Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. For all the, the Jaguars offense is where it's at. There. It's going to be a fun time. Come and hang out with us. If you want to meet us in person, uh, we'll be there drinking a bunch of beer, um, hanging out, getting ready for our fantasy football draft. I'm not sure how much beer I'm going to have because I want to be spot on for my draft. Yeah, but, I've done um, before. That is a big mistake. Don't drink too much while you're drafting. Don't, don't, don't do <laughs> that. But the later rounds, it starts getting rough. <laughs> and it's a 14 team league. So this is yeah, going to take a while. Be a lot of rounds. Um, but no, please come down. Join the party. It's going to be awesome. The weather's supposed to be beautiful. They're going to have a drive, uh, a live draft board. Plus, it's Hooters. Who doesn't want to go to Hooters? Be there. And, and uh, Colony, Wolf Road, right? Is that, Colony yeah. down Wolf Road, absolutely. And uh, I we'll do be. want to thank our last sponsor, which is Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. Off Thursday. Of 13 and you're going Thursday. Yeah, I need to go. Mm-hmm. It's getting, it's bad. getting, it's bad. getting, it's getting really bad. Um, I might, I might have to go Thursday as well. Now that you mentioned it, because I have to do well, look good for the draft. 
I have to do I have to do made for Philly tomorrow. So yeah, it's gonna have to be Thursday. So Jeremiah, get two spots open for Thursday night. Uh, mm-hmm. You're gonna be stuck with Taylor. At no, I don't. I oh shit, I have another fantasy football draft at seven thirty. Eh, maybe before. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't risk it. I have another one too, but at eight, so I got time. Ah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe Thursday during the day. Maybe I'll get out of work early. We'll see. Um, but no. We both need haircuts, and there's no better place to do it than Saving Face Barbershop with our boy Jeremiah up in Saratoga Springs. He has close face shaves. He has a bunch of different uh, barbers there as well. If you can't book with Jeremiah, he has a bunch of other guys there. All cool dudes. Great atmosphere, especially right now during track season. It's Travers weekend. You might want to look good for Travers weekend. Shout out to Saratoga. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we're down to the last two weeks of Saratoga already. I will be up there. Um, I'm not sure if I have the energy to go to Travers. I have my season pass, so I can go if I want to. I haven't really decided yet. I will definitely be there Sunday. Might go Saturday. I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm golfing Friday before our draft, so that's my weekend plans, but definitely go check out Jeremiah. Look good for Travers weekend and back to school. Believe it or not, back to school is coming up, so lock in your appointment to look good to go back to school. College, most of them started this week. If not this week, they will start next week. And then the the uh, grade school kids will be starting after Labor Day. It's hard to believe, man. We're talking football, school's back. I don't yeah, like Eric's it. at his, uh, his college orientation right now. Oh my god! Oh my! It's like god. six hours long. He's been there all day. Oh, like I one, remember. I remember. The like one, and, whole, and he won't get out for another hour weekend. or two. Mine yeah, was a well, whole that's weekend bad. at Penn State. Yeah, that's true. That's true. When you live on on uh, campus or whatever, it's it's a lot uh, more than yeah. online. Well, yeah, like, I had fresh, freshman year. You have to at Penn State. Yeah. You have to live on campus, and then you can go uh-huh. off. But oh, that sucked. A whole weekend of orientation. As that is most most people know, orientations are not fun. They're corny. They're cheesy, and you already know what you need to know. So it's just it's brutal. Yep. Um, yep. but. Yep. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Sports with a Z and a T. Um, alongside Taylor, my name is Bryce. Maybe we'll see you Friday at Hooters. Hopefully, come, live come through. Levac and Gaz will be starting at 5 o'clock. Our draft starts at 7.30, I believe. Mm-hmm. Come through, have a couple beers with us, talk some sports, and get, get to know us. I'd love to meet some of our listeners in person. Seriously, if mm-hmm. you don't have anything to do on a Friday night, come down to Hooters. Um, Dan, the owner of Hooters, is awesome. He will hook you up as well. Uh, just mentioned that you heard about the draft and about the event with Sports with the Z and a T, and and you might you might get some uh, get some nice deals. I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you there. If not, be safe out there. Um, enjoy football. Enjoy the last weeks of summer. And if not, we will catch you next week for our full. NFL preview. Let's go. Uh, we'll break it all down. We'll <laughs> predict our Super Bowl. We'll predict our MVPs, rookie of the year, the whole nine yards. Um, so look forward to that and keep it locked in. Also, check back onto one of our older episodes. One of our fan our fantasy football preview. It's a two-part episode. Uh, that was released two weeks ago. It is still very relevant. Just don't listen to Taylor talk about Adam Troutman or 
Travis Etienne, and you're all good. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, of, two of Taylor's go-to sleepers are uh, My now breakout out- stars are yeah, breakout broken. <laughs> are, are, bro- are broken. So uh, outside of that, do listen to it because it is still relevant. We do want to set you up for success wherever your fantasy football draft is this year, whether you have drafted or not. If you haven't, definitely take a listen. You still have time. Uh, and expect this episode and all our other episodes to be live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube TV. We are, of course, presented by Godzilla Media for Taylor. I am Bryce. We will catch you next week and hopefully see you Friday. See you.